Hi, and welcome to the Five Property Market Update. Um, what we're going to be covering is the market update from the 26th of March until the 1st of April. Um, basically, what we're going to cover today is the weekly roundup on what's driving the Five Property Market, including a, a look at recent listings, sales coming soon, some of the shows and articles that we also covered as well. And uh, Jim and I are going to present together this week, which is exciting for everyone. Hopefully. Two for one tonight. <laughs> for one, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I, th I thought it'd be a great idea to have a discussion because obviously we're going to cover the monthly, but more importantly, we're going to cover the year. So we're going to cover the statistics for the whole year across five by region um, from the 1st of April to the 31st of March, um, which, which you know, will be quite revealing about the whole property market over the last year as well. So I think that's actually quite important as well as Discussing some of the shows, especially rental UK market update as well. That's quite a that's quite a good one at home during the week. That's uh, good statistics there. Good information as well for anybody out there buying or selling to understand. I keep getting people saying, I'm going to wait to sell my house or I'm going <laughs> to wait to buy a house because the prices are going to go down. And it's like, and, I'm, and, and, and I don't, you, this, these people don't understand where the dynamic is of this. You buy a house not to make money or save money. You buy a house to secure your place on the on the property ladder. Mm -hmm. So there's no swings and roundabouts in terms of prices going up, prices going down, because you've now hedged yourself against that and protected yourself. So you buy a house to live in in order to use it as a bargaining chip to move to the next advancement or to upsize or downsize from then on. That secures your place on the property ladder. That's why you buy. So buying and selling at any point in time is a good time to buy and sell. Hopefully that'll make sense to a lot of people out there. I mean, Perry, do you, you know, what's your thoughts on this? I think it definitely makes sense, Jim. At the end of the day, people generally move because of circumstance. You don't just wake up and decide that you're going to be moving property, do you? So there's something that's driving you to either upsize, move area, downsize. And yeah. actually, maybe some people are out there and they think they need to be moving and the actual truth of the matter is they don't need to move anywhere because where they are is actually perfect. They perhaps just are not realising that. So it's good as well just to give people a bit of an education around that as well, isn't it? Because it's not always about moving, is it? Some people actually just get itchy feet. They do. <laughs> they do. I and agree they with to, They want to move. I, by the way, just like, like I'm no suited and booted because I'm in Spain. <laughs> I'm currently sitting in. I, I'm, I'm going to rub it in. It's 25 degrees outside and I'm looking a bit red. <laughs> <laughs> you do look a little bit peachy, I have to yes. say. But actually, although it's freezing here, Jim, we do have a lot of sunshine this evening. So it's a beautiful evening here in, in sunny Fife as well. So get us back on track then. So what we're going to be covering is some of the articles and the shows that we've written and also produced this week, as well as some of our podcasts. So we did the renting to shares, um, how to prepare your property and get the legals right. I mean, that's a big thing, Jim, isn't it? And not everyone appreciates actually what they need to do in regards to the legals. When they're perhaps yeah, I mean, you know, for people that are investors of property um, or, or, or or landlords out there, um, and even letting agents as well, actually, it's quite important to understand what um, renting to sharers means mm -hmm. and at what point, you know, in other words, a sharer is like two people sharing possibly a two-bedroom property. Now, they both have exclusive use of each bedroom each, but they have a communal interest in the living room and also using the kitchen and the bathroom itself, unless they've got on-street ba uh, bathrooms or, or shower rooms. Um, that's what sharing is all about. Now, there's, there comes a fine line where you where you hit the certain numbers and the certain relationships 
between the people actually in the property and then you go into HMO territory, which is housing mm -hmm. mall occupation. Now that's where that's what we talked about in here, and also the legalities of how to set this up correctly, what how to how to do it properly, how to how to how to mitigate your risk. Um, and the reason why I say that is because there's a lot of people actually put sharers into properties, but they don't make them joint and severally liable. Um, mm -hmm. So you actually end up losing out. When one person moves out, it's like, well, the other person says, well, I'm not liable for that cost. So yeah. I'm quite happy just to keep that place empty and uh, for you not to earn anything at all. It can be really quite a challenge, that one, Jim. And also, actually, some people can fall into the trap when you think, well, actually, we've known each other for years. We're mates. We'll go into this together without any kind of legality in place. And that can be quite painful exercise to learn from as yeah. well, can't it? Or you take on a sharer and then ends up the sharer doesn't want to pay and therefore the guarantor, which is maybe your guarantor, you're left, mm -hmm. you're left holding the proverbial baby, if that makes sense. So that's yeah. actually a really good show for people that are in that position or even mm -hmm. for tenants that are actually in this position as well to understand how they should be setting this up to protect their interests with uh, with somebody actually shares with them so it's a good one for people to plug into you can watch the show richard and i did it and you can also listen to the podcast if you want mm. but the main article is on here as well so just click on that link whenever you want um uh, i think what was really interesting on that was actually the numbers that came out of that article gems i mean what surprised me was that the demand for rental homes rose by 25 percent in 2022 yeah. i mean that's quite outstanding numbers isn't it it's like yeah a huge amount of people that are now competing for property and the and competition the limitation of stock the limitation of stock yeah. is just going to get less and less and mm -hmm. you know and it's because because basically and i talked about in there about the draconian legislation that's actually getting put in place right now by the by the governments um they don't understand the full dynamic and the bigger picture of how much this will impact on tenants they actually think they're protecting tenants interests by doing all these measures and in actual fact they're actually not protecting houses at all mm. and to explain that in the show and um, what other things have we got coming up then Perry? so what other things have we got coming up as well um myself jim yourself and richard we also did um renting renting versus buying in fife um, and why five first-time homeowners uh, are winning the affordability bar battle um, I think, again, that was a bit of an eye-opener for us as well when we looked at the demand there as well. Um, and the questions on everyone's mind was, you know, is it cheaper to rent or was it cheaper to buy? And we yeah. talked about areas um, and our analysis, what it revealed to us was actually in some areas of Fife... Oh, don't tell is... anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Let them watch the show. <laughs> well, it's a teaser. Genuinely, if you want to know whether it's worth renting or buying or what the pros and cons are of this, read the article, watch the show, listen to the podcast. Yeah. It's clearly obvious, you know, it's like night and day. But I tell you what, it depends on your personal circumstances, yeah. if which category you'll fit into. And if you read the article and then you listen to the podcast, for people out there that think, I can't sit there and watch a show for the next hour or whatever it was you were doing 45 minutes, um, listen to the podcast. You know, listen to it when you're, you know, sorting yourself out in the morning, listen to it when you're doing something else, listen to it while you're in the car driving to work or driving back from work. That's what podcasts are there for, to make productive use of time that you would otherwise not have um, uh, utilised. Um, so that's why that's why we do the podcast as well. So again, you can click on that link and uh, and plug yourself into that. And, um, uh, you know, what other things, have, you know, do we want to talk about monthly numbers now? 
Yeah, we will do in a second. What I just wanted to say was what you commented on there, Jim, about the fact that um, where you can listen to your podcast. I often do that on the way to work at the, in the morning. It's like a half an hour drive and you get brain dead radio sometimes or you can actually listen to something that kind of educates you, grows you or is quite informative. And it's a good way to kind of just keep the mind focused for the start of the day or the end of the day, isn't it? I tend to do it when I've got my breakfast. So when I'm making my breakfast, I prepare my breakfast because I, I juice. So cold press juice, it does take about, you know, 20 minutes or something like that. So I tend to listen to a podcast um, uh, and in the background. Sometimes mm -hmm. Diary of a CEO is a really good one for me. There's a lot of good knowledge and expertise on there from people mm -hmm. that have got a wealth of knowledge and expertise. It can actually teach you and you can learn something. Uh, you yeah. Possibly, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And when you learn from these people, it's like, wow, I had no idea. Um, that was possible or or that the, you know what you did and I, I never even thought of that in the first place mm -hmm. so it stimulates the mind and actually gets you to think after all if you continue to do what you're doing right now you'll always be where you are right now in order to move on and actually progress and actually if anybody wants to advance their career you have to learn something new this is why you go back to school this is why you go back to university this is why you go back to college in order to learn something, in order to grow. And um, mm -hmm. so why do you not take advantage of it and do it in your day-to-day -day without actually having to go back? And it's really flexible because you are learning from the people who would probably tutor you anyway. Um, mm -hmm. It just so happens you've got the, some of the biggest experts in the world on on these podcasts doing it. Whereas in a, in a normal uh, university or, or college environment, you've just got one person telling you the same mm -hmm. thing over and over again every single week. Um, so you've got a huge plethora of, of different people, actually, and their expertise in their field. So I definitely think podcasts are, are, are the way forward. Mm. But you know that yourself. There's, there's a huge platform yeah. out there on this. Massively um, so. Okay, okay let's so on. let's look at the numbers then, Jim. Do you want to look at the weekly numbers to start with then? Yeah. Yep. What's your thoughts on this then? What, take me through it. So the weekly numbers, I mean, I think what was quite surprising is the uplift in what was listed last week. Um, yeah. the, the previous week, it was like 110 were listed. And you can see from the total here this week, it's 142 um, mm. with 116 sold. Whereas last week, it was kind of 110 and pretty much similar numbers on the sold as well. There's only maybe about 10, and, 10 of a difference. So certainly supply last week um, has gone up substantially, as we can see. I mean, that's gone up by about 30%. Um, yeah. So that was quite surprising for us. Um, interestingly that, enough, that's still remember this is this is the average though. That's still when you look at the one four two. That's seven days. That's twenty people still make a decision yeah. to buy and sell a property in Fife, and that's usually typical of the average that you would have overall right out throughout Fife. So every single day, if you're on the market right now, um, just take take account of the fact that every single day, twenty people in Fife actually make a decision to buy and sell a house. Um, so, the, you know, uh, I would say a lot of people out there, um, it might take a bit longer because there is a wee bit of an oversupply compared to what it was last year in terms of the market to sell your house because of that. And there's more properties on the market available for sale. Um, but I think it's important to recognise, though, that, you know, it only takes one person to buy your house. Correct. And, and it is, it is kind of a waiting game. And a lot of people can actually get frustrated out there and think, you know, why is it no selling it's like mm -hmm. well it only takes one person and mm -hmm. that person could make a decision tomorrow to actually put their house in the market and decide to buy a house and that could end up being your house mm -hmm. i think that's important to 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 to, to take stock of and um, instantly enough though it's as you said overall the number seems an oversupply in comparison to what actually is is getting bought and the mm -hmm. previous week it wasn't that way was it 
But no, it wasn't. What's your thoughts on the regions, though? When you look at the regions, I mean, there's Cooper at 17, yeah. um, but only eight actually sold. I mean, it's like 50%. 50%, I know. But East Newton's still doing very well, but five versus four. It is, but I think actually I was quite surprised that it was just five, um, you know, yeah. because there seems to be a lot of activity in the East Nook. So it was surprising that, and this is not just with us, of course, it's not, it's with all estate agents in five. So it's quite surprising that actually the East Nook was at five. But again, it's pretty steady. Whatever number seemed to come on, it almost is exactly what sells as well, isn't it, in the East Nook? But, but look at St Andrews, mm -hmm. 11 versus 12. Now, St Andrews is top end of the market in terms of price point. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed there is St Andrews usually is the one every single week and there's more coming on than has actually been sold so that actually quite surprises me it'd be interesting to see what the next week's like in mm -hmm. comparison to this one mm -hmm. because as i said it typically is the other way around lead mouth you know again flipped around again uh, yeah. last week it was a wee bit of, it was more demand than actually supply now mm -hmm. it's turned the other way so one week you know my margin director used to say me every time single time jim one week doesn't make a trend no, you have, I wait, you have to wait and look at the other weeks in comparison mm -hmm. and bring that in. And that's why we're going to look at the month as well. Mm -hmm. But Tom Fellman's even Stevens, uh, Glenrothes, you know, kind of 13, 10. That's pretty already. steady. Pretty steady. Kirkcaldy, Kirkcaldy 30 versus 23. The Dunfermline and Kirkcaldy areas tend to be big, big hitters because they've got a huge amount of housing stock in these yeah. areas. I mean, Dunfermline's primarily KY11, KY12, uh, Kirkcaldy's KY1, KY2, uh, postcodes. So they've got big housing uh, amounts in there, hence the reason they're quite, they're quite big numbers. So in yeah. comparison-wise, when you look at, it, for example, Leedmouth, 9 versus 5, I mean, that's almost 50%. But you look at Kirkcaldy, that's actually still doing a lot better because Kirkcaldy mm -hmm. is 30 versus 23, and 23 divided by uh, 30 is uh, 76%. Mm -hmm. See how that is. So on the face of it, actually, looks like lead mouse doing better when in actual fact Kirkcaldy's doing better. Correct. Yeah, and I think you've you've hit the nail on the head as well with Dunfermline and Kirkcaldy because in those areas as well, there's a lot of new builds going in there. So whilst actually the people coming to market maybe move into new builds, it does distort it a little bit, doesn't it? Because actually mm -hmm. the new builds don't always get registered and sold. Yeah. Um, but actually, even with that in account, it's still performing quite strongly, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, final thoughts on this, what you're thinking, uh, maybe move on to the month and see how the month Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what the month's going to look like, to be honest yeah, with okay. you. We're at the end of the month now, so let's have a look so at let's that. Let's go on to the month of uh, March itself and see where we are right now with that. Now, see what I mean about this one week doesn't make a trend, because it looked mm -hmm. like it was actually a huge oversupply. But in actual fact, 584 versus 543, there's only a 7% difference. Mm -hmm. And that is not a material amount in comparison. Overall. I think that looks like a healthy picture, Jim. It does. Well, considering there's people out there saying the market's going to crash, the market's crashing, the market's crashing, it's like that does not show a market crash mm -hmm. at all. That shows quite a healthy market. In actual mm -hmm. fact, if you take 584 um, and divide it by the 31 days, for example, uh, that's 19 properties a day. Mm hmm actually on the market so 19 properties a day on the market and then you look at 543 and divide it by 31 and then that's 17 and a half properties sold mm -hmm. so that's almost even stevens overall but see, how, see how i say the average is 20 you know 20 on 20 off and you know that tends to be where it is that is an extremely healthy market mm -hmm. regional wise what's your thoughts on this 
I think regional-wise, actually, the surprising one there for me, I think, is St Andrews, 46 versus 41, 8 to 9%. Yeah. That's, that's healthy for St Andrews, isn't it? It's usually um, done eight. Yeah, it's usually done that way. East Nuke, it's all, that, that performs almost 100% every month, though, doesn't it, from yeah. what we see? So that, that, one's, again, that one's not as bad. Remember, East Nuke's a big, a, a high price point now in comparison. Yeah. Um, over, you know, the, the uplift that's happened over the last two or three years. Mm -hmm. and, but it's interesting, actually, again, to see that East Nuke is very, very buoyant. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's interesting, we saw the weekly one for Leaving Mouth there, and it was at 50%, but actually the performance month overall is 95%. That's a steady, healthy market. Yeah, it's, almost, it's almost spot on to what's been listed yeah. and what's been sold. Now, when we say what's been listed and what's been sold, we don't mean it's exactly the same house as listed and sold. What we mean is the number of properties actually listed, the number of properties sold are about even Steens. But again, this shows a really good, healthy housing market overall. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think Kirkcaldy and Dunfermline, as you would imagine, they are the high hitters in what's being listed. But, you know, we've explained the reasoning behind that, and that's because there has been a lot of new builds getting built in you those areas. See, so you uh, the that. same there when you look at Glenrothes, because Glenrothes mm -hmm. is traditionally um, um, like for like as well, but you can see there's it's 83%, so there's another 11 properties. But then Glenrothes is doing quite a bit of new build um, mm -hmm. with uh, Springfield and Keep Moat, um, for example, yeah. building there as well. So... Mm -hmm. Um, and then up where the old Tillis Russell site is, uh, they're starting to build up there. I think Campion's up there. And I think, uh, ooh, now, who, who, who are their house builders? Barrett, possibly? I remember seeing a sign up there for them. Yeah, um, I think Campion, uh, Barrett, and, oh, there's another one. Oh, I can't remember now, off the top of my head. Go on. Yeah, okay. So, but yeah, a lot going on there as well. Yeah, and... and um, you know, final words on this, what's your thoughts or will we move on for the, the, the year? I think for me, actually, when you look at it, the 584 versus 543, yes, it's 40, but actually when you split that through seven regions, on average, it's like 3.2 per region. Actually, yeah. that's not a massive amount. So it's pretty much an even spread, which I think is quite encouraging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely healthy. Okay, uh, price point though, what are you thinking about, you know, price point, um, home report values, stuff like that, over, offers over, you know, what's what's that market like? Are, are we still achieving um, significant amounts of offers over? I mean, I had seen the last couple of weeks I've been doing this that that is not the case right across Fife. Um, and the, 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 the fact is that property prices, property prices tend to be going um, round about the home report value, maybe just over and maybe a, a wee bit more over. Um, for the special ones that people really, really want, you know, the, the one-offs will probably never come back because they're, they're classic family homes and they're, once they're gone, they're gone. They've got character to them as well. Um, and that these ones tend to go quite well um, in terms of the offers over value. Um, mm -hmm. But, you, you know, there is some there is some properties right across Fife from, you know, from other agents as well actually going for under the value being asked. There is, and actually, we've we've got some examples of that today, Jim. When we when we get to that part of the the discussion, um, mm. I think what we're certainly noticing is, as well as the actual number of properties being listed and sold stabilising, we're seeing an almost stabilisation of offers over prices as well, aren't we? Because yeah. actually, what's and that's not because the the market is being hurt in any way. What we're seeing is actually the home reports now are reflective of the properties that were selling at that boom. So by the time yeah. the keys get exchanged and it gets registered for land registry and we look at the averages, that then benefits you now as a seller because that sales in those areas 
have improved your home report price. So, so, so what we're saying is that massive uplift that people thought they should be getting um, based on last year's figures has now been built into the figures that they've got now. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. But we're, and in, in some instances, you know, you, you are getting the opportunity where some property can be bought for under the home report price. Um, but we are still achieving over. And again, it depends, as you say, it depends on what it is that's being sold, where it is, you know, especially in this location where you've got your sea views, et cetera, those types of properties do still seem to do well. Um, it's just a balance really, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, Dave actually says, Dave Sleet actually says quite a good point. Another clear sign, Fife is an oasis and the media presentation uh, don't fit here. And um, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you, Dave. Um, the, the reason behind that is primarily, and I had another discussion with someone else as well, they were saying um, it's, uh, it's that the prices are way beyond what they, what anybody can afford because there's six times the average salary, um, when in actual fact there should only be three times the average salary. Well, mm -hmm. that's that's not accurately correct. And the reason uh, the reason for this, now the reason for five house prices should be round about six times the average salary is because when you're a first-time buyer starting off, you're not buying a house, it will be middle market. You're not buying the house that would be the average of every single house in the market. That's usually your second house that you upgrade to. And it just so happens the first house that you've got secures your place on the housing market and goes up in value while you're while you're pot potentially maybe someone moves in with you and you become a couple and you have more earnings. Therefore, you can get a bigger mortgage or you can afford a bigger house. And that's what that's for. That's why the middle, that's why the average is in between. So the average is hundred and almost 170,000 and five. So you've got properties above and below that. Um, and you tend to find that the first time buyers for the first time are actually buying houses round about, about three times the salary mm -hmm. average. Now, three mm -hmm. times the salary average, when you think about it in five, is, is round about the 100,000 mark. Yeah. And that, that tends to be a first time buyer territory, doesn't it? It does. And a lot of first time buyers as well that, you know, we're seeing a lot of them moving into the upper apartments in the Leave Mouth area, for instance, and you can get a fantastic upper apartment in Leave and for around about the 80,000 mark. So you're right yeah. there. It's on average about the three times point. Yeah, definitely. So the, so the six times, um, just so people understand this, the six times is actually considered a healthy housing market. Mm -hmm. It's when it goes to seven and eight and nine and 10 times. That's when you find that the market in, in terms of the area tends to be overheated as a result. Mm -hmm. Now, there's regional areas, hence the reason why I talked about St Andrews. If you take St Andrews in isolation and try to get at the average price point, it's going to be a lot more significant than the average price point or right of all of Fife, because some areas of Fife are significantly lower, therefore that's why the average sits at 170, whereas St Andrews in its isolation, you know, itself, the average price point is going to be significantly higher to that. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why we expect St Andrews possibly to be a bit a bit more supply than there is demand because it's a higher price point and and less affordable to people but then mm. again that's down to a policy for the local housing uh, authorities uh, to actually uh, consider social housing but we'll not we'll not go down that route <laughs> not, no, we'll leave that for today because <laughs> i'll get on my platform and start with the need for council housing getting built <laughs> step back from it Jim but I think actually that's a really good moment actually when you talk about St Andrews why don't we look at those annual stats then Jim and then get a feeling for what the annual stats look like because that'll give us a real good insight okay so here we go um now this is this is exactly this painted the exact picture 
Remember, I used to talk about every single time there's about six and a half thousand properties that come into the market in Fife every single year on average. That there, that number, 6,691 is the total properties actually come on according to right move. So this is the total right throughout the year and in, in, in its entirety. Um, so 6,691 uh, divided by 52. Uh, that's an average of about 128 a week. Now divide that by seven, and that's an average of 18 a day. So that's, that's, the benchmark. that's the benchmark for a healthy housing market. Now, when we look at the 5,291 and divide that by the 52, and then divide that by the seven, we get an average of 14 and a half sold a day. Now, obviously, you can't sell half a house, um, but <laughs> um, 18 and a half, 14 and a half, there's a four differential. So there's a wee bit oversupply there in terms of that. Uh, so four divided by uh, the 18. Um, so there's a wee bit oversupply, around about 20%. Oh, funny enough, it's 79% right there. Exactly. You can see that. So the oversupply yeah. there. And so that's why, that's why when you look at the differential between the two of them, there's round about um, 6691 minus uh, 5291 um, equals about 1400. Now, if you take, uh, there's also one in 10 people out of that 6691 usually um, put their house in the market. And then typically the statistic is one in 10 usually withdraw for some kind of reason. It's either they've changed their mind, they just don't want to sell anymore. Um, or they've decided maybe, um, well, there's other things, there's factors like people get back together because they were wanting to sell their house, or they're maybe just testing the market, so they change their mind with that as well. So if you take the 9961 and multiply it by 0.9, which is, the, which is the true value of probably what's actually on the market to be sold, it's about 6,000 versus 5,291. 5, now, if you look at that, there's 800 of a difference there. So what does that do to the percentage then, Jim, of what sold if we took it down to six thousand? Well, if it, if, it, if it was that, it was five two nine one, and divided by uh, divided by six thousand, just say uh, you're talking about eighty percent. Um, but if you look at if you look at, and I'll quickly I'll quickly, uh, and I'm not going to put I'm not put the screen up, but you can look at this for yourself. So I'm writing this by eight hundred, and I'll look at Zupla, and I'll do the uh, five. I'll, I'll check five for Zupla. And uh, 887 on the market. There you go. There's the difference. So 887 properties on the market right now um, yeah. for the Fife area currently available for sale right now. So that tells me uh, there's uh, the the numbers are all adding up and they're in the right sectors. Um, and it's a it's a it's a very healthy housing market. Although if you've got 800. And eighty-one, uh, and 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 when you think about it, there's twenty getting sold every single day, um, and bought every single day. So divide that by twenty, uh, you're roughly taking about fifty days. Yeah. And fifty days is round about coming up for what? Fifty days divided by uh, divided by seven. Well, seven weeks, almost two months. Yeah. So this is why, on average, you take a, a property takes about two months to actually get an offer on it not sold but get an offer on it and then it'll be another three months before it probably gets through conveyancing with a solicitor once the offer has been accepted that's the key there so it takes on on average it would probably take about five months to sell a property so if you're considering a moving in the in the summer or, or into the autumn then you're looking at april may june july august so if you put your house on now on average, you'll be completing in August. Yeah, and it's really when the schools are going back. 
So yeah. if you're wanting to move in the summer, you better get your skates on. Mm. Do you know, a lot of clients actually are being quite surprised by that calculation at the moment because I've been out in the last couple of weeks to quite a few people who've said, I don't know if I'm going to do it now. I'm thinking more towards the summer. We need to move. So you're, and my you're response, selling at Christmas then? Exactly. And my response to that is if you want to move in the summer, then you need to go now. If you're working on the averages. But what if my house sells quick? You'll we never get this all the time, don't we? So let me, let me answer that question. What if your house sells quick? Your house will never sell unless you agree to the sale value that you're accepting and also the entry date as well. So unless these two criteria, which are the main criteria for you, are actually what you want, your house will, will not sell at that point in time because it's mm -hmm. your decision as a seller. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes along and says they want your house within four weeks, but they're paying you the right price and you don't want to move in four weeks. You just say, that doesn't fit my criteria. I'll wait till the next person comes along and see what they want to offer. It's not just the first person past the post with the price. It's mm -hmm. more importantly down to you as a seller to, and, and we would protect your interests anyway, because that's what yeah. we do. We manage, it's called managing the sale. Um, in order to make sure everything fits in with what you exactly want. So if somebody wants to move in within six weeks because they've decided they're in a position, they're a cash buyer, and they want to move now, uh, then you just say, well, you know, I'm actually looking for about, um, around about uh, July, August as my entry date. Uh, and if they can't accommodate that, then, then that's fine. We'll just wait for the next person to come along. Um, so if you're a seller out there or you're, you're concerned about that, you don't need to agree to an offer just because it's the right price for you. You can actually say, no, that doesn't fit my criteria. But again, your estate agent should be able to tell you that and, and be able to tell you and, and explain to you how to manage, how they manage the sale process. That's the key here. Um, okay. I think as well, the other way to look at that as well, though, Jim, is, is not just the fact that you can say no, but actually you may not necessarily need to say no because if you explain the situation to the potential buyer, the buyer, nine times out of ten, that's their dream home. So they yeah. will wait. It's very rare that they'll turn around and say, well, I don't want it then if I need to wait longer. Nine times out of ten, they'll say, yes, I'll wait. Yeah, I quite like what Dave said there. Um, accurate price and sustainable market flows protected by ethical and transparent property agents. Uh, go five properties, team thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate okay. that. <laughs> I feel a bit embarrassed. We go even redder. Um, uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, but it is true, though, isn't it? It's it's mm. it's accurate pricing. It's sustainable market flow. Um, it's the key here is um, the health of the housing market is not about the property price. It's about it's about the number of properties that are actually buying and selling within mm. the property market. And I and I can't emphasise this so much. And the most important point of that is because it keeps a sustainable economy round about it going. Um, if you're buying and selling 20 properties every single week um, in Fife and say a contractor, for example, is, you know, everybody gets something done on their house and say on average it's £10,000 on every single house. So you're literally uh, injecting every every person that's buying and selling that week that in Fife, they're injecting uh, £200,000 into the local economy, into contractors. And um, if you're doing that for the whole year, you're multiplying that by 52 you're in, you, the, the people are buying and selling in Fife are actually injecting 10.4 million mm -hmm. in, in improvements and, and repairs and carpets. And 
So they're buying from B&Q, keeping people in jobs. They're buying for local contractors, getting them into fit bathrooms and kitchens. So there's about 10 million being injected into the local economy. Now, this is why I talk about the health of the housing market, because if that dropped to 15, for example, every day, so it was only 15 buy and sell every day, um, it would it would be 15 times the 52, uh, sorry, 15 times the seven uh, times the 52, um, is the five four times the um, uh, the ten thousand, and that ends up being significantly less uh, than that. Um, so, so that's why. So there's less money going into the economy because there's five there's five less every single day. So if you have the five multiplied by the fifty two, multiplied by the seven equals that, multiplied by the ten equals that. Yeah, you're talking about probably about a million. Um, I'm 1.8 million there. So if you're if you're doing quarter less, then you've got quarter of the 10 million. So you're losing 2.5 million injecting the economy into local contractors mm-hmm. and businesses, who then go, okay, I can't buy as much materials from the local contractors or the local the local um, suppliers. Uh, therefore, everybody then has to go. Wait a minute, we we'll have to downsize. Mm-hmm. That means jobs, doesn't it? Yeah. They mm-hmm. can't afford something, therefore they have to cut back. And you can see the spiral, how it goes down. Mm-hmm. So you, you do definitely want a healthy transactional housing market. Now, what happens if that if that stays the same? But what happens if the property price changes? Well, absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Because you're still in the house. Mm-hmm. And, and your house, if the property price changes, um, what happens if it, if it goes down 10%, for example, in the house that you've got, the house that you're buying is going to go down 10% as well. So this is why I talk about just securing. All it does is secure a place on the housing market, on the property ladder, and hedges you against um, uh, the fluctuations. If your house goes up 10%, the house that you're buying goes up 10%. Yeah. So you're just trading like for like. Now, mm-hmm. there's a small differential between trading up and trading down in the price differences, but it's not, it's not, it's not a, an impact on the local economy, and it's not an impact on local jobs and businesses because the transactional numbers are still there and people are still paying £10,000 to get their house refurbed on average. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that explains to people why it's the most important point for the housing market, the health of the housing market is on the number of transactions, not the property price. And the property price doesn't matter a jot when it comes down to buying and selling property, really, if it's only moving small amounts month by month. Because if you're living in that house for the next five to 20, uh, five to 20 years, for example, or 15 to 20 years, um, you know, it's going to go up significantly more than what the year it had dropped. Right? I'll take a classic example here, Perry, um, just to just to emphasize that point. When I bought my house before the credit crunch, um, mm-hmm. we bought it for 260. We spent 100,000 on it. So basically, it was 360. The credit crunch came along, and immediately the price dropped to 300,000 because mm-hmm. we lost 20% of the value. So it dropped to 300,000 and I, I could have gone, oh, I've lost money, but I've not lost money. I'm still in the same house right now. Mm-hmm. And the house now is worth 450,000. Mm-hmm. So it made no difference. And all the house did was though, was secure my place on the property ladder because the same thing happened to everybody else. Exactly, it goes back to your opening statement, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So I'm hoping that I sold the right. Barney Rubble actually says, well done, Barney. I sold his house in a day. <laughs> I hope you got the right price for it. But that's important, though. You sold it in a day, Barney. 
more than likely you've agreed to the conditions and the entry date which suits you and that's why you sold your house in a day because if you didn't feel that either the price was right or the circumstances in other words entry date or the buyer circumstances wasn't right you wouldn't have accepted that offer and therefore you wouldn't have sold it in a day so you must have had all the right conditions to to do that and, and to do that so thanks very much for making that comment um, it was good to emphasize that let's jump back to these uh, annual figures again let's look at regional uh, so you break it down by region is there any surprises in there i think what's really jumps out is the fact that Levermouth has outperformed all the other areas which in percentage terms which i think's a bit of a surprise but then I, there is a lot of affordable housing isn't there i think Levermouth's uh, always been a really good stable market um mm -hmm. they're all at good price points as well and the one that emphasizes this as well is the investment going into Leavenmouth. There's over a hundred million going into Leavenmouth over the next um, two or three years. Mm -hmm. and, and why I say that is there's 77 million with the rail track, which will be finished and completed at the back of Leavenmouth swimming pool um, in 2024, possibly towards the end of 2024, because there's, there's a lot of work to do in it. It could overrun, just spill into 2025, but that's okay. Um, so there's a lot of good prospects for Leavenmouth. Um, you've got about 10 million going into Silverburn mm -hmm. for the regeneration of the flax mill. Um, mm -hmm. You've also got another 10 million which went into um, infrastructure improvements for um, the blueprint for the Leavenmouth rail link for people coming along. So in other words, you know, when people get off the train, what is there in Leavenmouth? And a lot of people out there right now go, well, what is there in Leavenmouth? Well, that's the whole point. So it's not just, it's, it's about making sure we've got there's stuff in place in order to make sure that when people get off a train and leave mouth on a point of tourism they've got somewhere to go and something to do yeah. and, and the place looks nice mm -hmm. so that's why leave mouth is actually quite a buoyant market but they are look the revealing one here is when you look at the st andrews one look at mm -hmm. it sitting at 68 percent mm -hmm. so four seven two three one nine um and 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 i think there's a differential here and i think the big differential here is it's possible, because this is like this all the time, it's possible that a lot of people actually just take their house off the market and decide not to do it in the St Andrews area and, and possibly just rent them instead. Because, you know, St Andrews is a big rental market. Um, yeah. So while people want to sell, there's sometimes the, the objective about, mm, will I get the right return anyway? So I possibly might just end up renting it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's possibly where that is. East Nook, again, uh, you could see the, uh, there's a big difference here. Mm-hmm. But then again, we come back to saying there's 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 there has to be some sort of oversupply there in order for in order for the market to grow in order for to stabilise prices, um, and that's why prices have actually had to stay started to stabilise because there, there's no this limited supply anymore. Yeah. Any other ones for you in here? No, I think Dunfermline is exactly what we'd expect it to be, um, as is Kirkcaldy. Um, yeah. The percentages are probably a bit skew-whiffed in those areas because actually we're not the seeing everything is getting sold. Yeah, the new bills, you're not seeing those completed. So that does yeah. it a little bit. So, right, so what happens, and, and just to emphasise that, for what you're saying there, Perry, so people understand that. Um, so that's 773 there for Glenruthis. Um, the new build, the builders, the new build builders go into right move and they put their properties on right move but they actually don't put them as sold. So it doesn't register in here. And, and you know, I might look at these numbers uh, later on and actually just strip them out and see what it's like and maybe discuss it in, a, in, a, in a, another week. But that's why that number tends to be a lot bigger. So it could be 
this this could be a lot less than what it is, and this percentage mm -hmm. could be a lot higher. Therefore, it, it could honestly be almost like getting back to this like for like um, scenario yeah. uh, mm -hmm. in terms of where the market is right now. Mm -hmm. um, and that takes us nicely on then to the Zoopla uh, property price. Um, so yeah. we'd actually, I'd actually discussed this during the week, the Zoopla rental market. So the rental market is also another source uh, um, for health uh, in terms of where things are. Uh, Richard and I discussed this during the week, the, the UK rental market and how important that is to a sustainable housing market as well. Um, how there's been a lot more properties come on from the rental market to the sales market. Uh, the number of first-time buyers, for example, in five in the last five years has gone up. Well, the number of homes actually bought, you know, in, in homes over and above the usual um, and Fife has actually increased by around about 8,000 in mm -hmm. Fife itself. The number of properties to rent in Fife has actually reduced in the last five years by about 1,200 properties. So there's less properties to rent in the market. There's more houses owner-occupied now in the market in Fife. So this is a bit different than what everybody's saying about the fact that <laughs> all these investors are taking away. You know how the media is saying, all these investors are taking all these properties to rent. It's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. There's a lot more coming back onto the market and they're actually getting mm -hmm. sold to people actually to live in. So mm -hmm. again, a misconception overall. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's that, that that's quite an important point. So that's again, that's another show. If anybody wants to just click on that link, uh, watch the watch the actual show or listen to the podcast. Do you, do you want to look at sold numbers and that and talk yeah, about them? So let's have a, yeah, so let's have a look at what we've actually sold this week. Um, and again, it goes back to what we were saying there, Jim, about the timeline that it's taken. So this one here is Laverock Terrace at Glenothis, sold yeah. in two weeks, as you can see. So I know we're mm -hmm. talking about averages here. This fell out with the averages and actually was quite popular. This one was listed at offers over 130,000. Um, and the new owners are really excited to be moving into their new project and their new home. But it just shows you actually what property in that area of that style is going for. So again, if anyone's got something like that, that uh, they're interested in maybe so what type of house was this? Was this a two bedroom, three bedroom or? Yep, so this was a two bedroom, um, very spacious actually inside as well. So that, that yep. was a great layout for the, for the new people. So they were really excited to be moving to that. Yeah, and that was at 130,000 two bedroom. Yeah, I tell you what, a two-bedroom in Glenrothes at 130,000 is a really good price point. It's it actually is. quite a high price point as well to Glenrothes. Mm -hmm. So Glenrothes actually, you know, the, the prices have actually gone up quite considerably over the over mm -hmm. the last couple of years mm -hmm. uh, in the area. I mean, this typically maybe two or three years ago would be around about the 100,000 mark or just under. It would be. Um, you can see that uplift in the prices as well. And then the next one we sold, Jim, if you want to pop that up there yeah. for me. And this, this was one that you had been in, Jim. So 20 Alan Robertson Drive in St Andrews. Um, this one sold with us in two weeks. Yeah. Um, this was listed. It offers over 180,000. Um, the new owners, again, really looking forward to move in. They're relocating actually into the area. So again, there's a perception for St Andrews where it's all going out to rentals. But this is someone who's making it their oh, permanent I'll, home. I'll just pick you up on that. You said 180. That's the next one. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> this is 200, oh, sorry, 250. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Offers over 250. Wow. <laughs> not, not in St Andrews for 180 grand. Wow. 250. Sorry, right. I beg your pardon. I was reading the wrong line there. So, yeah, that came on for uh, offers over 250. Really good property. Um, I, I love the fact that they had the off street parking there with the double drive yeah. on the front and uh, the enclosed back garden. Uh, three bedrooms upstairs, mm -hmm. uh, nice big open plan, uh, living room and dining area front to back here. And then your kitchen, your standard kitchen off the side as you come in. So yeah. that's what I liked about that property. And and again, 
as you said, sold in two weeks. Um, a, a really great price point for St Andrews, isn't it? It was a very good price point. Offers over two fifty. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the next, next one. one. Yep. So next one was twenty two Station Road in St Monans. This one sold in two months. So again, it just shows you. You know, the first two were two weeks. This was two months. Things just take a, a little bit of time in certain areas, depending on what it is. This was listed at offers over 180,000, as you rightly said, Jim, not the St Andrews one. And again, this was a property that you'd been in quite frequently as well then, Jim. So do you want to talk about what you thought was fantastic about this one? Two bedroom, bathroom, open plan, living room, had your... Um, it's really oh, spacious. You had your dining, your dining kitchen as well was quite good. But yeah. what I liked about it was you were literally, you know, this way down the way. You were about mm -hmm. 100 metres from the Fife Coastal Path in the harbour. Uh, yeah. I had to get the Fife Coastal Path in there somewhere. <laughs> 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 yes, next to the Fife Coastal Path. Walking distance to the Fife Coastal Path. <laughs> Most people are renowned for keeping saying the Fife Coastal Path. I must, I be, their biggest, I must be their biggest promoter in the whole of, in the, whole of the world. Um, it's either the Fife Coastal Path or beautiful sea views. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and sea views. You can actually look right down out of that window here. That's the living room window there. And you can actually mm -hmm. sit and look and just watch the world go by as people walk back and forward. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what I liked about it. So ideal, ideal property for someone. Um, it's in a good part of the location, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, so took a wee bit longer to sell. Um, lower flat as well, which was, which was good for the fact that... It, I love the fact about the in here you had this big hall as you went in. Mm -hmm. So and, and almost I think I've got a funny feeling that it, it was almost like barrier free. So you could get yeah. up here and just straight into the front door if you're in a wheelchair access or that and leave your wheelchair and, and and then you know get through all the different rooms. So I think that was a really good plus point about that one as it well. Was. Again offers over 180,000. Now a couple of years ago that would be sitting at 140, 130. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so for anybody out there considering, because there is people out there, this was this this was a holiday home previously. Mm -hmm. So the you know the, this was a holiday home previously, um, and and that's why this person that is a good price point for them because mm -hmm. that is securing a return for them on their investment now, yeah. um, because it's not one they sold in, so they're not trading like for like. They're actually just exiting the market, and somebody else is taking this over. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what's happening with that, Jim. Um, let's tell people what's coming to the market with us. So we've got some coming, coming soon as well. Yep. Coming so we've got some, yeah, we've got some coming soon. So this one I've been in. Um, I'm actually going to be doing the pre-portal towards the end of next week. So it's one Brayhead approach row in East Reams. It's a three-bedroom in terraced house. Don't be fooled. This is a huge plot. It's right on the corner. They've got fantastic garden grounds, off-street parking. They've totally renovated, I would say yeah. they've renovated three quarters of the property, fantastic big kitchen as well, good you know, with a big island, new utility rooms, four-piece bathroom with a freestanding bath. It's just absolutely stunning. So really looking forward to showing people what that one's going to be looking like. Yeah. Um, the one for me, one. Uh, this, is actually, this is actually quite a, a, an unusual one because you don't get... Because of the area, um, it's very rare that these properties actually come up at Sh uh, Charlottetown and Cooper. So mm -hmm. this is a three-bedroom detached bungalow that's coming on mm -hmm. next. So watch out for that one. So if you're looking for a bungalow, and now Charlottetown is the other side of the A92 from, from uh, uh, um, Ladybank. So mm -hmm. right across the other side of the Ladybank, Charlottetown's on the other side of that on the A92. Um, and and it's, a, it's a cracking three-bedroom detached bungalow. I keep saying it, hen's teeth every yeah. single time. 
bungalows are very very rare you don't get them very often once they're once they're gone they're gone and uh, and a lot of people want to downsize the bungalow so mm -hmm. the, the key here is and the reason we're telling you this just to, so everybody understands the reason we're telling you this is so if you're looking for these types of properties in these types of areas then you need to register with us if you're not registered with us you can so you can message us direct on this 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 broadcast or you can you can send us an email at info at fiveproperties.co.uk or you can just contact one of our any of our office sales numbers um, now, I could build off 01333 41774, 015344, Brayhead's just around the corner, eh? Just walking mm -hmm. distance. Uh, but again, five coastal path. <laughs> it's, well, you, you can't deny that, can you? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> that, to me, is, is the biggest thing, you've, is the biggest attraction to what I would say is a lifestyle choice. Because mm -hmm. it's easy access then to walk along to um, uh, Anshula. So Anshula is only a couple of miles up the road. The great thing that you've got about Pitt and Wien is you've got the Westbury's project, which is the old water swimming mm -hmm. pool. Um, you've also got a great community feel. You've got the Vols mm -hmm. as well. As well, You've got a fantastic primary school in Pitt and Wien. Mm -hmm. uh, easy access over the hill to St Andrews. And then you can also go just back along to St Monin's. So, mm -hmm. And then further on from St Monin's on the hill. So You've got you've almost got the best of everything in your position. East Queens is renowned for crafts and arts. So if you're a, if you're an artist, if you're in your crafts or anything like that, that is the place to be. They have a, mm -hmm. they have a craft fair, you know, a big meet every single year in the Pit mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, the house will be very popular, I would say. It will be popular, and there's one that's not on here actually, and um, that I've actually got coming to market in Lethem on Monimail Road. This is a terrace property, three bedrooms, absolutely stunning, fantastic countryside location, great front garden, great back garden, really spacious inside, lovely big dining kitchen. Um, it's a cracker and I'm looking forward to everyone seeing that you one as well. You did the pink portal on that and I tell you I what, there was, there, was, there was quite a lot of interest in there. You know, I, I remember is. actually dealing with some of these messages and it's, it's still getting put out just now still retargeting mm -hmm. the right audiences and getting in front mm -hmm. of the right people um, and definitely. I, I definitely think that'll be very very popular a, a fair bit of land with as well eh? there it is it's a huge garden you've got off-street parking at the front off-street parking at the back there's a garage as well it's just gorgeous countryside views no matter which window you look out of it's really stunning yeah do you want to do you, do you want to talk about the the completed yeah so completed we've got a Two Scooney Crescent. Oh gosh, I love this one. <laughs> oh, I love one. So two Scooney Crescent and Leaven. That was a three-bed semi-detached house, and that was another one that did really, really well on the pre-portals as well, and got a lot of traction early doors. And that sold in two weeks. It sold for five point seven percent over the home report. So it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Jim. You know, people are still getting good prices over the home report, and the yeah. difference that was for the client that was an extra twelve thousand pounds for our client, which was fantastic. And it, and it does make a big difference to them moving mm. on. It gives them a better choice about what they want yeah. to do. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, Scooney's all a very, very popular area. They, they, mm -hmm. You know, there is this misconception every single time, oh, my house will sell, my house will sell quick. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Your house will sell quick. However, what price will it sell for? That's the most important thing. Yeah. That's the thing it should be. When an estate agent comes around to see you, because they do say, oh, my house will sell quick, and that's fine. And so I'll just go for the cheapest agent on the block. And it's like, okay, yes, it will sell quick. But what agent actually gets significantly more over the home report value? And what is that percentage in percentage mm -hmm. terms and also in monetary value and what's the average price point? And then yeah. what I mean by that is, for example, just as we've said to now, Schooney Crescent and leaving three bedroom semi detached house, it was home report was 210,000. It went for 12,000 pounds more. Mm -hmm. So that's the most important thing. So the, the key here is what, how much more did it go for over, over that amount? And literally it was 6%. Now, it went for 6% over the home report value, but I've got a funny feeling if you ask most estate agents right now, they will be saying to you that, you know, mostly most houses will not go over the home report value. They'll be round about that or one or 2% over. So the differential there and the percentage is almost about another £10,000 as opposed to what the normal average is mm -hmm. that we've managed to achieve. That's why the most important point is know how many houses you sell in the area or what's your cheapest fee because the diff you know that it's often it's like the, the difference between one fee and another could be 500 quid but mm -hmm. if you've got an estate agent which consistently achieves five thousand pound more than another estate agent on average then that's a no-brainer you should be choosing the one that achieved the more at the end you should Absolutely. be choosing the cheapest chips mm. no but i agree a lot of people don't understand that and, and hopefully I've got that message across. Um, mm -hmm. I'm an accountancy background, so it's all about rent. It's all about rate of return. It's all about cost benefit analysis. Cost benefit analysis is how much does a, how much does it cost me to sell, and what is the benefit I get at the end. And the mm -hmm. bigger benefit you get at the end versus the cost to sell extra um, outweighs every single time. That's the one you should go with. I would but agree. That's just personally, with being an accountant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, what speak to Tobeth Wine was another one. Yeah, Tobeth Wine, that was a stunning one in Cellar Dyke, wasn't it? The yeah. sea views from this. I mean, literally, you could jump out the window and land in it. It was gorgeous. And that was a two-bedroom terrace house that sold in five weeks, which we were quite surprised about. Yeah. Um, that it took a bit longer, but actually that was a resale. So we we kind of sold that one twice, didn't we? Which is why it looks like it yeah. took longer. Um that one sold for then, then you've said you said quite an important point that's a resale and that sold twice mm -hmm. so it sold twice but it wasn't a case of just running back to put it on the market it was a case of just going to the other people in line that was lined up Correct. and then just getting someone else that we had had before so the the key here out of good estate agency is is to make sure that okay you've got the house sold to someone and we've got a deal but you always have someone else in the background just mm -hmm. in case that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So at least the continuation, because then what happens is when your seller gets their house sold and they then make their plans to buy their next house and it's agreed, it's like if that other person then pulls out or it falls through, you better make sure you've got another iron in the fire. Have a plan B. <laughs> and, a, and a plan B. Well, yeah. actually, it's another plan A, to be honest. Yeah. I don't believe in plan Bs. I just have another plan A. <laughs> <laughs> It's like this is positive expectation every single time. So you make sure you've got someone else in that plan A position where it can just step in and keep the continuation of the expectations of the seller for the next steps that they're going on in their journey. Mm -hmm. the, people don't generally pay me to sell their house. They pay me to solve their problems. That's yeah. where my added value lies. 
Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think that's what it's all about. It's about helping people on their journey, isn't it? And it just happens to be that it's a house that associates it with it. This brings me on nicely, and I'll talk about this one, uh, Toll Road, Toll Park and Station Road in Buckhaven. Jeez, this was a mountain to climb. This was an ex-buy-to-let property. I mean, it's a low-value property, but it was above um, it was above commercial shops, and there was a big difficulty anybody getting a mortgage for this. Um, so it was it was continually uh, it was continually difficult to get someone to get over the line. And we had a number of buyers lined up for this over the years, um, and and they just couldn't get to that next steps. And the reason for that was because lenders change their criteria and by the time mm. it was getting to the yes we're okay the now it's like oh no they've changed their mind they're not going to do over commercial property so it, yeah. was, it was that difficult so this took quite a, a quite a bit and and again this was one of the ones which was actually just a, just under the home report value as well mm. so but it was low value you know this was fifty four thousand pound this two bedroom mm. upper apartment but mm. as i said it took a wee bit longer than usual so it depends on what type of property it is and where it is and who will appeal to it and and how the mortgage companies deal with that situation um, mm -hmm. and that's our job to try and get that over the line as well i mean strictly speaking we shouldn't really be dealing with mortgage companies and solicitors and stuff like that because you know once your house is sold it's like we've done our job but it's it's again this is this added value thing that we talk about is the fact that our job is to solve the problems mm -hmm. um, and it's often the problems that other people have are outside of our realm or outside of the scope of our what we're meant to do but we will step in to do that for that reason mm -hmm. sometimes so, you just need to get it across the line don't you yeah and and, and uh, owners happy with the new home perfect it's probably a yeah, first time buyer or somebody somebody's maybe just looking for a, a place to a place to stay maybe they've separated i don't know that's what usually typically happens sometimes and um, so it's an ideal price point for them Mm -hmm. ticks all the boxes it's over the fifty thousand mark so it makes it easy for a mortgage as well um yeah. next one do you want to talk about yeah so sandy craig road in pit and weem that was a two-bedroom detached bungalow um again that was a really nice property in a fabulous location actually in sandy craig wasn't it yeah um, and yeah well <laughs> i know how long did it take to sell then it sold in three weeks um yeah. but our client obviously was very happy with that three weeks time period because we actually ended up selling it for her um for 11.6 percent over the home report price yeah and this was quite interesting because when i went to first see this client and i'll tell people the story about this um they actually didn't believe that they would go for that valuation mm -hmm. um and 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 they didn't actually believe that that home report value would be achievable in their mind um, but mm -hmm. I actually showed them all the comparables and says there's all the information, there's all the evidence and everything like that. And uh, you're right, it actually didn't go for the home report value. It went for 35,000 more. Absolutely. That's what we've paid for. <laughs> that, and there lies the difference. <laughs> and a perfect new family home. So we're talking yeah. about this all the time. There's a lot of, there's a lot of animosity about people buying holiday homes in East Newt, but perfect family home. For someone absolutely so yeah. that's what we want that's really what we want people to be living in the community working in the community and being part of the community overall in, in each area mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um fourth field in fruki as well that was a three-bedroom semi-detached bungalow um again a great location good downsizing property the new owners that's exactly what they were doing so they were delighted to be moving there they're now making that their permanent home um and that one we sold that one for 158,000 so the client was yeah. was delighted with the outcome of that 
and again took a wee bit longer than average to sell. It did take a bit longer than average, um, but again, it was a, a very particular house, wasn't it? And that particular buyer just didn't come along until that yeah, point. I think the big, yeah, the biggest challenge was the size of the rooms. Well, it was a three yeah. bedroom. Um, it, the, the size of the rooms were a bit smaller than usual. They're a bit more mm -hmm. compact, I would say. Uh, mm -hmm. There's an estate, this word. Compact. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was uh, so technically, you could say it's really if you took the stud tradition away, because that was the good thing. You could take a stud mm -hmm. away, and you could basically have really two good size uh, uh, double bedrooms, uh, two good mm -hmm. double bedrooms. So essentially, a double bedroom, but. They had the option to split it into three with the stud partition in between. But actually, the, the, the owner at that time, though, that third bedroom, they were using that as a dressing room, which was fantastic yeah, for them. That's what I was just about to say. So it was perfect yeah. for a dressing room for the person. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And and that's all they needed. And I liked, to, I liked the living room. It was quite nice. And the big window at the front was quite nice as well. And the great thing is they had they'd taken the original garage away and they'd actually made a bigger garage. So you could essentially get your car and you could have a workshop at the back of the garage. Mm -hmm. And the, the the garden was nice as well and sat in the, the sat, sat in the sun most of the day. Yeah, it had a lot to offer. And and it's in Fruki. Fruki is really nice. You just, I know. I mean, easy, easy access. In 892, you're up to Dundee, you're back across the Kirkcaldy Glen office. Mm -hmm. um, what, what more could you ask for? It's exactly. uh, ideal. And, and it's a brilliant wee area. Mm -hmm. And that pretty much was it in regards to what completed, Jim. Um, so what, what have we got coming up, actually, Jim? So we've got the Wealth Creation Show. Um, tomorrow, I know you're in Spain, but you're still going to be doing that. It's slightly yep. different time tomorrow. Just, we'll just um, finish off here then. Um, so Wealth Creation Show, Richard and I is going to be talking. This is based on all my experience, why I've managed to get from homeless, unemployed to financial freedom and all the rest of it going on today in terms of in terms of wealth creation. So I'm actually, um, uh, we Richard and I have put again the, the seven laws of wealth creation. So we've got seven laws of wealth creation to talk about tomorrow and we'll be live at 12.30. Uh, now, it's going to be on my personal profile, it's going to be on my public profile, it's going to be on our YouTube channel, it's going to be on Twitter, it's going to be on Instagram, we're going to be streaming on TikTok as well, uh, we're also going to be streaming on, we will share it to the office pages, but technically our wealth creation show isn't really part of Five Properties as such, it's just, it's just information for investors, for people that want to build wealth um, over time. Now, when I talk about wealth, I talk about everything you know, from scratch. Um, remember, you've got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So where I started was the homeless unemployed. So everybody out there that sits and says, oh, well, that's no for me then. It's like, okay, but that's where I started. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I think for me, what's really interesting about that program as well that yourself and Richard do is that it's, yes, it's about wealth and it's about creating that. But I think actually it's also about the kind of mental journey as well, which I think actually quite a few of the listeners and the people yeah. that are reading and listening to the podcast will actually find hugely beneficial as well. Most, most of it is, most of it's combating up here. Mm -hmm. Because we're consistently told when you're, we're younger by our peers, they don't realise they're doing it, is when you say, you know, I'm going to be president of the United States, it's like, they go, oh, that's no for the likes of us. You're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, whereas people in America tend to go to their children, yeah, you could be president of the United States. In Britain, we just go, nah, that's no realistic, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but, but genuinely, we'll laugh at that, and it's like, it's true. We actually mm -hmm. tend to do that. And, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're trying to, we're, we're, dare I say we're very pessimistic, um, mm. and, and, and we will look at and encourage um, the youth and, and our, younger, our younger people. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I think this is what I think this is what this is all about. It's it's up here. It's combating this. And then there's obviously overcoming things. And we're going to talk about this tomorrow on the seven laws of wealth creation and the fact that everybody's got it is the imposter syndrome. It's like mm -hmm. I, I really deserve the success when you get it and how mm -hmm. to combat that, how to handle that. And also the other one is the wee voice at the back of your head. When you go, I'm going to achieve something. And then the wee voice kicks in and goes, oh, come on, be realistic with yourself. Do you think you're really going to achieve that? We've all got that. You know, mm -hmm. we've all got that voice. It, it, you know, it's that little person comes up yeah. on your shoulder, don't my, they? My voice is called Bubbles. And now and again, I tell Bubbles to shut up and mind its own business. <laughs> <laughs> And but literally, I've got, I've named it um, because because we all have it. Everybody's got it. Um, it's just how to handle it and how to understand that and overcome it. And this is why we're going to talk about the seven laws of wealth creation. So we're not technically talking about making loads and loads of money. What we're doing here is we're actually teaching people to overcome their mindset and to almost lift that lid off the jar. And, and jump out. Now, when I say lift, lift, lift the lid off the jar and jump out, I'll tell you a classic analogy, a story about how that, what I mean by that. You've all known the flea circus when we used to go to these things. We used to see on television, we used to see on Paul Daniels where the guy would have the flea circus. And we used to think, oh, like, and they would have the wee bike and the fleas and it. Some of it was all pretend. It was Michael Benteen's potty time and stuff like that. Um, but it was genuinely flea circuses and people actually trained fleas to do certain things and just jump and jump on stuff but how they train the flea is to jump to jump only so high is they put they put them in a jar and they put the lid on top of the jar and what happened was the flea started to jump 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 now a flea can jump three three feet high but it was only it was only six inches so eventually the flea works out wait a minute i'm getting a headache here and then, it, and then it only jumps so far to stop and just a micro, you know, micro, a micron, you know, from the from the actual lid itself. And it, it stops short so it doesn't hit its head. Mm -hmm. So it only jumps. So the flea learns to jump just under six inches because that's the that's the way the lid is. And so it doesn't hit its head. So that's what it does. Then what happens is when they take the lid off the jar and take the, the flea out, the flea has taught itself only to jump under six inches it no longer jumps there three meet uh, three feet anymore it's stopped it's trained to jump that height it, that's how you condition them so that's what happens now i'll give you an analogy here now so that's daddy flea they do the same to mummy flea right and the next minute what happens out of that is mummy and daddy have a child together mummy and daddy's only jumping six six inches high now baby flea is born Baby flea can jump three feet. Baby flea can jump three feet, but baby flea observes mummy and daddy jumping just under six inches. So what do you think baby flea learns? Jump six inches. Six inches and that's all. <laughs> baby flea has no idea that it can jump three, three feet. And this is what, this is, does this sound familiar with how we are trained as, as mm -hmm. children? Mm -hmm. And what we see round about us? And how we're only told that's no for the likes of us. What makes you think you're so special? Mm -hmm. Shut up and sit in the corner. You know, these sort of things. We've all had it, myself mm -hmm. included. And this is what the seven laws 
of wealth creation is all about, as well as, so once you get across that mindset, once you understand how to break free of that, and once you understand how to jump that high, that's when you begin to learn how to develop wealth, how to acquire money, how to up your skills, how to, and, and that's what happens. So that's why this, this is what this is all about. So we'll talk about that tomorrow on the Wealth Creation Show, Richard and I. It's live at 12.30. We say to everybody to ask questions, make comments. And what we say to them is we'll cover all these questions and comments at the end, but we'll go through the main show just now. It'll give everybody a, a, an idea and stimulation to think about what questions to ask as well. And then we'll go through the questions at the end and job done. And hopefully, it's a rising title of soul shifts. Now, what the Wealth Creation Show does, it reinforces my beliefs, okay, and it keeps me there. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Look at Ed Sheeran when he first started singing. He was rubbish. And he says that. He even shows it. He even, he even plays it on, on shows like Jonathan Ross and that. He says, that's what I was like when I first sang. And it's totally off-key. Look at Ed Sheeran singing now. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Think about that. Why do you think people are Olympic athletes? They had to learn to run sometime. So they had to start somewhere. They probably started at couch to 5K. Literally. Mm -hmm. And then from 5K to 10K. And then from 10K to, um, to half marathon. And then from half marathon to a marathon. That's how it's done. Mm -hmm. That is the lift in the lid, understanding you could get more, you could learn more, you could understand more. You begin to think out of that and think out of what you were, what you were stuck in, this, this uh, almost Im impossible, you know, um, vessel that you couldn't get out of. The lift is now lidded, lifted and you now are able to jump out and that's what we're trying to teach tomorrow. So tune into that, 12.30 tomorrow and we'll learn all about that. Final word, Perry. I think it's been a really educational show as always, Jim. Um, lots of good tips and, and hints there on how to kind of get your property sold in the best way that you can. Um, if anyone's out there and they're needing some help and further guidance on that, then feel free to message us directly. We're happy to help. Definitely. And thank you very much, Dave, for your comments. Exactly, Perry. Psychological building blocks that Jim shows are phenomenal. Thank you very much again. <laughs> I wish you'd stop. <laughs> See, look at the look at the imposter syndrome. Look at what I'm just doing. I feel embarrassed. Why is that? Think about that. And yet somebody's given my compliment. You should just say thank you very much and leave it at that. And that's a very good way to end the show, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's us. Okay, see you tomorrow, Wealth Creation Show. Bye-bye for now. Really, sir. Thanks. Bye.